Well, good morning. For the past three weeks, we have been moving through this season, which follows after the great epiphany, encountering again the revelations that are meant to reveal to us more and more who Jesus Christ truly was in Israel 2,000 years ago and who Jesus Christ continues to be for the world today. The first revelation of Jesus came to us a bit early this year when we heard again on the Sunday prior to the Feast of the Epiphany the story of the bright star that led the Magi from the east to the infant Jesus in Bethlehem of Judea. don't know if you noticed this, but we have that bright star lit up for us throughout the season of Epiphany just above the altar here. That was the first Epiphany. After that, over the past two weeks, we have moved through two more important epiphany stories, two more revelations of who that child born on the first Christmas morning became as he grew into his adult life and his adult ministry. The next revelation that comes every year following the story of those magi is the story of the baptism of Jesus in the River Jordan. For those in the Orthodox Church, this is known as the Feast of Theophany, named for the sound God's own voice makes and the descent of the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove that reveals to the world and to us God as three, as Holy Trinity. Following Jesus' baptism, we arrive at the third great epiphany, which this year was one of my favorite stories, which we heard last Sunday, the story of the first miracle of Jesus at the wedding feast in Cana of Galilee. It is in that revelation where Jesus' blessed mother tells the attendants at that wedding and tells all of us to do exactly as Jesus tells us to do in order for earthly water to be transformed into the finest of wines, the finest of spiritual wines. All three of these powerful manifestations of Jesus showing him to be the promised Messiah and the Son of God include these incredible signs and symbols to help in the full delivery of the true meaning of their revelation. It is only when we arrive at this fourth epiphany, this Sunday morning in the holy season of revelations, that for the first time, the theophany, the sound of God, is given in the words spoken by Jesus himself and the words alone. This morning we find a Jesus who has just came out of his temptation by Satan in the desert as found in the Gospel of Luke. And he has returned from that desert experience preaching and teaching everyone he encounters with great vigor and inspiration and with the miraculous. The talk of what Jesus is doing and accomplishing has already spread out throughout the whole countryside, the gospel tells us. By the time that Jesus returns again, they've heard of him when he arrives in his hometown in Nazareth and enters into his local synagogue. There, in the very presence of those who probably knew him from the time he was a wee little boy, Jesus stands up and asks for the scroll that contains the words of the great Jewish prophet Isaiah, and he chooses what he wants to read aloud in that moment before all of his fellow rabbis and scribes. Yet unlike his future sermons that he'll give on the mountaintop or down in the ravine or his deep parables that he'll tell or the longer teachings he will offer to his disciples, when Jesus enters that synagogue in Nazareth, 
He chooses only two verses of Scripture to read. From chapter 61 in Isaiah, verses 1 and 2, Jesus proclaims, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And after Jesus finishes his chosen text, the gospel says he rolls the scroll up completely, hands it back to the attendant, and sits down as a teacher, saying to all of those watching, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Now, for us this morning who have heard this story many times before, it can tend to, like a lot of scripture, roll in one ear and roll right out the other. This is Jesus, the Son of God, the Lord. We know today that's who he is. So this short and concise proclamation following the reading from Isaiah, this scripture has now been fulfilled, makes perfect sense to those of us who are listening here in the church. But in Nazareth, 2,000 years ago, Jesus was still just a local boy who they'd watched grow up. They would have known Jesus' parents. They'd have known where they lived. They'd no doubt have saw Jesus in the synagogue with his mother Mary. And they would have seen Jesus working in town with his father Joseph. And now it is just a local boy who is proclaiming before all of them that he is who the prophet Isaiah was speaking of all those years ago. Someone that the religious leaders and the scholars of his time had been waiting to be revealed to them as the new King David, the new Elijah, the Messiah. And it is Jesus, the Nazarene, who now stands in front of them and says that the scripture that they've all been studying and following is fulfilled and it is he who fulfills it. And let us not forget that this morning there are no stars shining from the east. There's no dove descending upon Jesus in front of everyone. There is no water and dried up old stone jars suddenly becoming the finest and choicest of wines. It is just Jesus standing before them, revealing this truth to them for the first time and giving them his fellow kinsmen of Nazareth, the first opportunity to have real faith and to accept this revelation in word and proclamation alone. Today, the prophecy from Isaiah is accomplished. Today, it is being fulfilled within your hearing. Well, suffice it to say, even if this is where our reading will end for us this morning, it is certainly not where the story finishes in the Gospel of Luke. Next week, I will leave it all up to Mother Sarah to finish out how this story comes to an end. But let me just tell you that what Jesus has to say this morning isn't really taken all that well in his hometown synagogue, especially when he outright refuses to do any miracles or signs in Nazareth. And this morning, just as it was for those in Nazareth who were left in the silence after Jesus' reading and proclamation, we too find ourselves being given the unique and I think important opportunity to do the same again before the story continues, to take it all in ourselves, to think it over one more time, to hear it, to mark it, and to inwardly digest it. 
We too this morning have heard tell of all those miracle stories, yet we have not seen them ourselves with our own eyes. That will become the deciding issue in Nazareth next week. But this morning, for you and I, we must decide again ourselves whether or not just the revealing words of Jesus are enough. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Now, we're in the church, so I don't think you really need too much time to think all this over again. If you're here today, what Jesus said all those years ago, has already convinced you and you most likely already believe that the world still needs this prophecy fulfilled, perhaps more than ever before. Those of us who follow Jesus know that what Jesus came to fulfill is the lifting up of the poor and the captives and the sick and the blind. I hope we are being reminded of that often in the important work our church tries to do constantly through outreach ministries and through our support of those who are in dire need in our communities and in the world. That's what Jesus still is trying to do in the world, and that's what Jesus wants us to do as his hands and feet and body ourselves. Jesus is the Messiah, and he reaches out to the poor, to the prisoners, and to the sick. But let's be honest. We know other people need all that. But what kind of revelation is that for those of us who are here in this church right now? Those of us who, thanks be to God, aren't out on the streets on this brutally cold morning. What kind of epiphany is this for those of us who are finding ourselves healthy today? And how do we understand the manifestation the divine Jesus is fulfilling for us if we've never even received a parking ticket, much less broken a law that could cause us to spend time in prison? Brothers and sisters, I believe if we all take just a little time to sit in this silence and listen again to these tremendous words of Jesus revealing to the world his message and his revelation, we too might be able to understand how this still applies to all of us as well. Because really, as much as Jesus' message of hope and deliverance is to those struggling in the physical world, we must always remind ourselves that it is just as much a message of hope and deliverance as ever to those of us struggling in our own spiritual lives as well. That spiritual struggle which we must face in each and every step we take on our walk through this life. For friends, even if we live in a mansion out on the beach or in a fine penthouse in the city, if we do not have Jesus resting in our hearts, we will find ourselves one day as the poorest of the poor. And even if we have never stepped foot in a prison cell or seen the entrance to prison gates, if our spirit is wandering aimlessly and your soul is all but lost, whether you know it or not, you are already being held as a captive. And even if we have the best 2020 vision needed to qualify to be a naval pilot at NAS Jacks, 
If we still find ourselves sinking into the fear and the darkness hovering over us in this world, robbing us of any light or hope or joy, then friends, I would say we're all going blind. Every single one of us has it in our DNA to try and find light and to reach out and find deeper, meaningful hope. We all need release from the addictions this world can throw at us and true deliverance from the suffering that seeks to overwhelm us. All of us are searching for good news that even though it feels so dark and lost, we know is out there. This morning's fourth grade epiphany revealed to us and to the world in the first word spoken by Jesus in his synagogue in Nazareth is that Jesus is the one who can fulfill that request to proclaim year after year after year after year the Lord's favor to anyone who will take the time to stop, sit in the silence, listen and absorb Jesus into their hearts and their souls and to their being. And he isn't just here to support us in what we are doing or the mistakes we are making or the ideas we are convinced we know better than everyone else. Jesus is here to really begin to transform us into something different, to lift us out of those chains that bind us in anger and hurt and evil. Jesus is here to set us free in true love and happiness and joy God created us to live into when God made us God's very own daughters and sons created in God's own image. Listen one more time to the revelation of Jesus. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and let the oppressed go free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Brothers and sisters, members of the church and seekers of the world, right now, this scripture is still being fulfilled for any of those with the ears to hear it and the hearts to open and receive it. Thanks be to God.